I'll touch into a few questions and just stay in your listening and see what seems relevant to you. Maybe one topic might arouse your interest. It's all happening. (laughs) All of it's happening. So all of it is practice, right? All of it, you're you're aware of all of it as it's happening. Are you, oh, I want this, more of that, less of that, hurry up, don't, you know, just, just giving yourself to experience in this safe connection, yeah, it's all happening. So, okay, a couple of finally external topics. Someone's reading a book I've written on Anapanasati called Breathing Like a Buddha. Any physical copies, this is printed. So if you want a copy, um, you can contact Chittaviveka Monastery. You'll find it on our website. You can request the copy. Ramarawati, if you're, depending where you are, if you're in the United States, um, Temple Monastery or Abayagiri Monastery would have them. Um, a distribution network is a little bit scanty but uh, this is what we can do i try to take them with me when i travel but um have a look and the monasteries many of the monasteries will have a copy of this book someone's expressing gratitude and would like to send me dana dana means generosity well the act of appreciation is a act of generosity it supports encourages my practice <laughs> and uh, but often you want to make you know some contribution to my welfare or something like that um, you know the way this happens is we, we have trusts that receive because I can't I don't receive money um, so they, they have trusts you know Chittaviveka trust um, you can apply to them and they, there's a page where on the website you can make a donation for it directed specifically to me you have to send a note and uh, and often what I mostly do with these now is I use them to print books so it all, it all you know it all turns around really because this is how books get printed is through Dana it's no you don't sell them and it's often people just chipping in we build up a fund and then we can use it and that's how it works so what what goes round comes round, as they say. And of course, that's beautiful because, you know, we want to keep the sharing going. I don't particularly want to hoard a lot of stuff myself. It gives me joy to, to help the sharing and the development of Dhamma continue. But totally as you wish, you know, because that's the way it is. It comes straight from the heart. 
Okay, now some topics on practice. The first, a couple of topics I looked at are called that these are more dealing with the territory. Somebody's asking when I refer to the energy body, is that equivalent to the embodied sense of self? And um, self is a is a kind of a bit of a questionable term <laughs> because I've seen to quite a few of them. <laughs> As you might have noticed, they have different flavors, yeah, identification. We could say it's your embodied sense of presence. So if you see you're feeling really present here, it's not just an idea, but you can really get a feet some sense of mm, that's an embodied sense. Mm. And it's to do with where your nervous energy is, you might say. If your nervous energy is settled, you get that sense of it's all collected here. Then, then you can then you can really use it because your energy is collected. This is the first basis of meditation is to collect your energy some way so that you can use it. And often the whole base of embodied energy is the breathing. I don't mean the air, I mean the quality of vitality that suffuses the body as you breathe. And that means your presence can be extremely um, bright. It can change quite dramatically. You know, that's why it's not exactly a self, it's more like a presence. And the presence can come from something just fairly, yeah, so what? And there's something really quite refined and beautiful. It can be extremely light and spacious. If, if so, it's it's a rather beautiful field to cultivate just for its own pleasure and happiness. But also, it gives you insight into clunky, tangled stuff that you know we normally operate through, <laughs> and how to perhaps find another basis of of of, uh, of operating and living. This is your home base. Keep it clean and bright. It's going to do you. It doesn't harbour ill will and negative states. It tends to harbour goodwill and positive states. So, person asks about. I mentioned. I mentioned that I spoke about the space within and without the body where mental formations form. What do you mean by that? Um, well, <laughs> I don't quite know what I meant at the time, but <laughs> what I would say is that uh, one of the really big problems is that mental formations, which are like these packets of mental energy, you know, like emotional tangles, you get scripts running stories running it gets into a whole thing so much so that you can be fairly oblivious to where you're sitting you know it's it's gone you're out there in some drama you know so it, i mean that way it's actually left your bodily presence your presence is kind of everywhere but when it means you're not even aware of being a body because you're so involved with your thoughts and worries and desires and so forth that this whole thing has got a life of its own, um, like a dream state. Um, this is when you could say it's, it's, it's beginning to separate from your bodily presence. Uh, when it's collected in, then you may feel the same sense of 
movements and disturbances and then oh that's just right there you know and just you, you can use your body to to sort of anchor it and steady it this is normal stuff when it gets really serious is when this mental energy so splits off that we think it's spirits are invading me you know alien forces are coming at me because the, the mental energy is completely split off it splits off because it's extremely disturbed so disturbing mental energies we experience them as you know alien forces spirits from around the world are attacking me you know, and then it gets really dangerous uh, people can get psychotic experiences where you, the mental energy is completely you know separated from the here and now of embodiment and uh, you know and it's it's well you look around you know with people doing crazy things utterly crazy things you know you think how could acts of incredible violence and torture and hatred you know or demonic because it is this is when the chitta has become so disordered this energy is split off from the central grounding axis and it's taken a life its own and it can easily just it's always associated with disconnected states sometimes extremely unwholesome states then it's outside and then we've really got to takes quite a lot of practice you know to keep bringing it back in you know so this is perhaps one way of looking at what i'm talking about the average person finds that their their mental life kind of swings out but it's not completely out of reach they can okay where am i let's take a breath and settle back in again then it doesn't go far when it's completely within then the mental the mental energy and the body energy begin to melt together right just imagine two things that seem separate your body's just breathing your mind's doing this and as it, the mind calms down it sort of begins to settle into the bodily energy till your mind and your body are no longer separate as energies there's just a sense of and that's considered extremely fortunate called rapture and ease where you, your, your chitta your heart is kind of suffusing your entire body with happiness and comfort and then it's completely you know merged into the body presence but still it's still mental in the extent that you could they can kind of discern with wisdom or let's just take it a bit steady or or calming or easing so it still has is mental but it's now deeply involved and merged into the body and this is deep meditation okay too too long on that um <laughs> it's great yeah, this is a great thing to do and someone's asking about the phrases these occur in the dhamma sutta where the Buddha says there arose in me vision, knowledge, wisdom, true knowledge and light. Well, these are translations of the Pali words jnana, chakkum, chakkum, jnana, panya, vidya, aloka. So these are all words that the Buddha is using 
describe the realization experience. Yeah. So sometimes say, what is this thing called awareness? Because what is this thing? Well, it's a number of things depending on how deep it is. Let me say, what is water? Is water steam? Is it ice? Is it seawater? Is it what is it? It can it can it can vary. And yet it's always water. Yeah. So awareness can be experienced as this sense of you know panya, which is a little more discerning, jnana, which is to do with really recognizing, chakum, vision, seeing, vidya, clarity, and light. There's a certain luminosity to it. And these are all expressions of the state of realization, which is called anya, anya. So that's the realization where where enlightenment, so to some degree or another, occurs. So that's kind of lovely, isn't it, to just even consider these things. These <laughs> things are possible. Um, what causes unskillful behavior or thought to arise, and what causes it to stop? Sometimes I recognize it's happening, but it's often after it's happened yeah I know what you mean this creates remorse usually leads to depression is it necessary to analyse the roots of these unskillful actions this sometimes leads to falling down the rabbit hole you, I, can, I, I think I know what you mean you can get very this is because of that this is because of that it shouldn't be this it should be that this, you know really and is it actually leading you out? Mm. Um, to a certain, yeah, so Dhamma Vijaya investigation and self scrutiny is recommended, but um, you start really where you are right now. So, where you are right now, you can't go back, you can't undo what you did. But the fundamental problem is heedlessness, it means we weren't really totally attentive to the mind and that's to be under quite yeah you know there's too many things going on we're not attending to the quality of the mind internally when it's getting stressed or agitated yeah the internal quality of the mind is stressed dry agitated intense you know foggy Instead of giving attention to the external quality, which is the behaviour. Do this, do that, do this, do that. And this is imbalanced. So you really want to try to make more attempts to connect a behaviour, a mental behaviour, which comes out in the way we speak and we act to the mental essence. That is, my mind is composed and not hard and rigid. And from there, I can act skillfully. If your mind is not in a good state, it's very difficult to get skillful behaviour going. So you always got to address that. Now, when you have, as we do, made an error, the Buddha says it's great, it's considered great progress to acknowledge one has made an error. This is called progress. Because then it does encourage this sense of, hmm, what was that? It also encourages the recognition that everything I do counts. I must be more careful. And that there is this fundamental 
ethical sensitivity that you can't get away from. And if you don't live in line with it, it will tell you and it, it, you'll be hurt. <laughs> you'll, feel, you feel, you'll feel disgraced. You'll, you'll feel you've lost, your, you've lost yourself. So we're, there's a sensitivity here that must be respected. Now, we start with remorse. Okay? That's where we, we may have that remorse. What do we do with remorse? How does it feel? Okay, so just being present with the quality of remorse. Now you may want to get rid of it, make amends, stop, don't react. Feel the quality of remorse, where does it take you? Now you might start complaining about yourself, stop, don't do that. Instead, begin to experience a sense of sadness, maybe, and feel, feel it more fully. And don't think about it. Feel the feeling more fully. Eventually, you come to a place of something like humility. Okay equanimity and then energy comes back now you must proceed with goodwill till you've got the goodwill going right in here not just constructive but it comes up by itself then we get compassion and then we can begin to address what we've done if we've hurt other people now's the chance to begin to Refer to them verbally, or at least in your heart, and begin to um, feel you can clear the results of past actions. And this is certainly the way that uh, friendships deepen. Friendships deepen when we acknowledge our mistakes, because it takes a lot of honesty to acknowledge a fault and when you acknowledge a fault another person thinks this is a person of some quality and honesty good for them you know so then you get much stronger friendships just constantly criticizing yourself is not going to do you any good you've got to take the remorse until it turns into a sense of some sober sadness and then the will the wish to do good and the quality of goodwill, and then let that guide you. Catch it where you can. Yeah. And the more you cultivate like that, by itself, that would tend to create a much firmer basis for your heart to mean that when unskillful impulses begin to stir, you can you get there. Wait a minute. Stop, check relax that quickly because you're right there you live in your heart much because you have made your heart great through the acknowledgement of your will the generate the beginning to get the good will to generate that makes the heart strong and rich therefore you live in it more fully therefore 
you're more attentive when the hindrances and defilements start to arise and you can catch them before they leap out. Now, if you criticise and averse yourself, that doesn't strengthen your heart. And though you may criticise yourself constantly, you will still make lots of mistakes because you haven't strengthened your heart. Criticism doesn't strengthen you. Question about working for the benefit of other people without confusing this with people-pleasing. That is, the person says um, they've um, tried to overdo just trying to be nice to people and maybe stifling what they really experience. I want to step into an easier relationship with myself where I'm not so fearful of making mistakes and hurting others. Good. Yeah. Um, hurting others. So, and we like to not hurt others. Um, well, who are these others right now? Where are they? Where are they? And who is this? Who are you? Who are you in relationship? Who are you when you see someone else? What happens to your presence when you see or think of somebody else? Do you get, oh, that's really nice, or I've got to do something, or oh no? What happens when you experience the presence of another person? Or even think about it, you get agitated. I expect most of us get a little bit of activation. Hmm. Catch catch that. That's a ref that's a reaction. Not bad, but it's a reaction. Now you don't know, you see a form, you don't actually know another person. <laughs> you know what that perception triggers in you. Maybe you feel you you're a bit worried, you feel you're not good enough, therefore you should need to do more. Let's see what happens in that and begin to relax all those compulsive do it. And, and you'll find that what replaces all that is just a steady, warm openness. That's what other people will pick it up. So, kind of following on from that to, to a degree, person finds it difficult in a busy day to turn the mind from outside to inside, as I think I've just been suggesting, and to embody the emotion. When we're in an active environment, with many people around us and many encounters with other people, short time frame, family gathering, troubleshooting session with colleagues, decision work, lots of people around, how do I, you know, how do I stay this internal quality when so much seems to be happening externally? How do I manage that? Well, <laughs> pause. <laughs> pause. <laughs> if it's 10 seconds. And just bear in mind, um, when you're external situation is, is a shared one, isn't it? There's other people. So it's not entirely up to you 
to make it work. If there's six people, you you can't make it work for six, right? Because there's six people there. And maybe you think you're going to make it all work or come to an answer or get everybody settled. Or that, that six to one, is it up to you to make everything work for others? Is it up to you to cover everything for others? Can you do that? Or do you just get scrambled? Do you find yourself getting a bit resentful for other people? All these people, uh, so much to do. Do you find yourself, oh, why isn't she doing this? Why do they do that? My husband never does this. She, my daughter doesn't turn up on time. Why don't they do this? Why don't they do that? I've got to do all the thing here. Do you get like that? <laughs> That's not good, is it? Do they ask you to do that? Do they say, get, you know, no, I don't think they want you to do that. Why don't you just stop? <laughs> and maybe if you pause and just experience the quality, maybe it's, I'm okay, I'm fine here, open, and let's see what's going to happen. Let your presence do the work rather than yourself. Just your presence, quality of presence, actually, can, it, it, it's not your self. You're what you think you are. It's not that active agitation in your mind. It's not those sets of reactions and reflexes and customs and habits. It's something much more right here now. So we might think, actually, I don't know what to do. I don't know what to do. Okay, well, let's relax with that. Maybe that's okay. And uh, uh, see what other people are doing. See what happens when we're just open, receptive. Perhaps we can start to negotiate. Hmm. Now, I'm agreed, you know, this is pretty profound change in terms of behavior certainly your body will help because the externally internal body are much closer than the externally internal mind the external mind can completely separate from the internal mind we can be acting without really any awareness of what that mind is feeling like but when you move your body around that sensitivity comes with it so more we're actually able to just use the body both as an anchor and it will tell you what's happening in your mind you don't feel comfortable do you you feel agitated don't you take a breath won't it only take a breath okay you think there's so much to do you think you've got to figure this out just take a breath you can only do one thing at a time the first thing to do is stop doing things and that's the first thing and then your actions will come from that in a much more natural and good-natured way person as many of us do talks about their sense of self big topic 
it's constant discussions, comments about past events, judgments. If it was tight in my body, obstructs the flow of movement. It's, it it fidgets. It's it's going all over everywhere. Um, this this what do I do with this sense of self? Listening to the place of the heart isn't easy at all. Especially when trying to make it stay in what's good for its own welfare, for Chitta's own welfare. Well, as I said, this sense of self is quite a quite a chameleon. It shifts around, it's mercurial, it it's a conjurer, it jumps because it's not really a person at all. It's a sets of reactions and reflexes and habits and customs and as you said it's a discussion because that's what it does hmm? that's not you that's a set of reactions reflexes habits called karma old karma sankara now you can be aware that you are aware of it you've mentioned it right? you've mentioned it and you don't really like it very much do you <laughs> maybe that's where you have to begin because you not liking it and trying to make it behave is not good yeah because that becomes another self right it's like you have a bag full of puppies little puppies jumping around right growling and snapping so you think you throw another puppy into the bag to make the others quiet down it doesn't Right? <laughs> right? So you keep throwing more puppies in. You throw a Buddhist puppy in. Tell that self to shut up, behave itself. Throw another puppy in. So he starts quarrelling with the others. So you get this incredible tangle. And none of them could do it because they're all puppies. <laughs> That's the nature of puppies. But the bag, bag doesn't mind. Bag. Throw another puppy in, that's okay. Bag doesn't mind. What's aware of yourself? What's aware of that self? Could that which is aware of yourself acknowledge I'm aware of myself? What's that? What is it's aware of myself? What does it feel like? What is it? What is it what does it feel like? Don't think it, try to feel it. Is it big, small, bright, dark? What is it's aware of myself? Don't think it. Feel it. And when that which is aware of myself can turn towards myself, not as a puppy, but as an ever expanding bag. 
those reactions start to quiet down. You may feel them in your body. You may say, oh, suddenly the chest releases. I didn't do that, it just happened. Emotion moves through you. Oh, oh, I feel better now. Because all that energy of self, which you call yourself, when you're not fighting with it, and it's expanding your awareness around it, it begins to change and resolve and settle. And emotional, somatic experience goes along with that. So you notice it's always associated with a certain degree of intensity of will. I want, I don't want. I want to make things happen. I want to stop thinking. I want to be a better self. Why doesn't myself behave? This is, this is the sound of it. This is the sound. This is the energy of it. That energy you go, oh, expand. Awareness around that. It's okay. It's a big, it's the main thing. Buddha said to, you know, resolve this self is more difficult than getting past a hundred warriors in battle. Because this one you can't use a sword with. This one, the only thing that works is affectionate curiosity and awareness. And that's the thing we, we don't see we don't make use of. Person asks about Aditana, resolution, making a resolution. And um, how do I follow Ajahn Suchito's recommendation to uh, hold intentions that are enriching and to ward off vacillation, wavering, on one hand, and goal-seeking, on the other hand, this is difficult. Well, you've got to make reasonable, since we live often in varying degrees of reactivity, from, you know, got to get things done, got to make things work, should be a better person, or it's reaction, even coming to panic, you've got to resolve simplicity, just that's a good resolution. Just be simply meet what arises. Meet what arises. Embody it. Approach it not from your mind, but from your heart. Not from your thinking mind. Not from your I should, I want to make this happen, but feeling this is where I what I can stand for. I can stand on harmlessness. So you exercise Aditana by taking the precepts externally and also feeling them internally. Okay, I cannot resolve to be enlightened, but I can resolve make a resolution for harmlessness. What does the quality of harmlessness feel like? Gentle, you know, open, no edges to it. No sharpness, strong, 
but, but loving. Hmm? That's, the, that's the first precept. Can I feel that? That's a good resolution to make. Resolution to just not distract. What's it like to experience a sense of, okay, just steady, very important, my welfare, steadiness, collectedness, plenty of things like just enough of that. Firmness. Get the feeling for it. If you go through the precepts carefully and practice the internal qualities, then you begin to get a sense. This is where Aditana, you know, builds up. You can't sort of, I resolve to give up coffee or something. If you want, yeah. But, <laughs> you know, don't, don't try to get much more basic and simple about resolving to dwell in your heart and to follow, to understand the nature of goodness, the nature of refuge, the nature of Dhamma, as you experience it internally in this very simple five-fold way. If you really embody and feel the precepts, you will have learned an enormous amount of Dhamma in that simple way. They're not difficult concepts, experience the qualities of them, you'll feel the fullness, the strength, the vigour, the cleanliness and the warmth of the heart. And this is what you want to be with. It's not because it's not an act of will, it's like you want to be with it because it feels good. It feels good, it makes you good and it gives you strength. So this is easy, you know. <laughs> But it takes resolution, it takes practicing it to make it something that you really feel that naturally you're inclined to, to, to resolve that. And whenever it's whenever it's lost, as I was saying earlier, you think, wait a minute, what happened? You go back again and rebuild it. This is a very, you know, simple everyday way to develop that and the value of it. Something we should practice every day is recollecting the felt sense of our precepts, our virtues and values. This is what puja is about. This is about why we do these things in Pali, because it gives a certain sense of solemnity to the occasion. But we internalise it. Then there's a basis for... Then you, then you know, and you know how to make a resolution by reflecting on the internal qualities that you want to sustain and acknowledging the internal influences that you want to be free from stabilizing that however you can it will firm up for you make it possible as one another questioner says mentioning Ajahn Mun about you can only practice in line with your self <laughs> well you're not quite with your temperament he says so you know, this person said they've got a very difficult mind, doesn't settle down. Okay, will you practice in line with that? Resolving, witnessing it, steadying it, caring for it, asking what it's, what's useful for it, and you practice in line with that. Truly one who reviews themselves, is a friend to themselves, uh, does not disregard themselves, but does not follow themselves either. Some, this is a person who is living skillfully and who is 
heading for liberation. So thank you for your questions and I hope some of this has been useful and useful not for just the questioners but also for other people. I think all these topics have broad resonances uh, for all of us.